The contest between two of the world's best number 10s ended in victory for Lionel Messi of Argentina over Luka Modric of Croatia. However, like football itself, this game was not a solo competition, but a team battle. Argentina won not only because Messi had greater performance, but also because his teammates did the same well at Lucille Stadium on Tuesday night. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, I never expected, I don't think any fan, even for Argentina, expected such a big win for their country. No, I, I mean, when you get to this stage in the tournament, it's typically so close mm-hmm. that it's 1-0, 2-1, very fine margins. Like, even though, yes, the scoreline was huge in Brazil, the Germany 7-Brazil 1 game, one of the reasons why it was so crazy is that it was so open. Mm-hmm. And these two teams felt very poised to be like on a knife edge and instead, it felt very much a case of there was one flow of play, which was for at least a good 45 minutes, if not going beyond extra time. I mean, going beyond half time into the second half for an hour, perhaps. Um, Croatia were fantastic, controlling the tempo, controlling the possession. And then Argentina would just get a burst of speed, mm-hmm. run the other way, and get that penalty that the nature of it changed the game. I don't think it was a penalty, but in doing so, that set up the ability for Alvarez to have that run. And when they were 2-0 up and Croatia, a team that have struggled to find goals, Mm. then it was basically all over. And then the third goal was just, like they say, I hate to sound like I'm saying a cliche, but just messy magic, just turning on the style and cutting in from the right. That's true. So... You you also think that the penalty kick was a bit controversial? Yeah, like, I don't understand what Livakovic is supposed to do in that situation because he didn't run into Alvarez. He was being closed down. He stood his ground. He made himself big, which is what you're supposed to do to avoid the shot. It did work because it put Alvarez off and the goal line clearance happened. Mm-hmm. But because Alvarez had the momentum and kept going, he clattered into Livakovic knowing it was going to trigger something. Got a penalty. Very suspicious how it wasn't checked on VAR. And that set the tone for not just that first goal, but when you saw that second goal where <clears throat> that second goal where Alvarez got the ball basically on the edge of his box and sprinted all the way down the pitch. Yes, fantastic power, fantastic pace, the vision of being able to pull that off. But there were two separate failed clearances where you could see the Croatian players didn't want to go near him because if he went to ground, they thought there'd be yellow card, red card, penalty, whatever. Yeah. So I think that it was not just a controversial penalty, but it did taint both of the goals in the first half. Hmm. Uh, say if that penalty hadn't happened, do you think Croatia would have a much better chance of winning this game? I think so, because they were, once again, so good at controlling the tempo that for, I mean, up until and beyond that first goal, I mean, you know, the second goal, that was like, what, 39 minutes? Mm-hmm. Like, for that entire first half. Yeah. 
Croatia were bossing the game. Their midfield three, Modric, Modric obviously is the star of that, of that. But Brozovic and Kovacic are together so good at just stealing possession, holding up the opposing team, being able to play to the width of the pitch to create movement without having to really force things forward. They were just completely freaking out this Argentina midfield. And if they went in the position where they had to chase two goals, I could very easily see them dragging the game into the latter stages and getting the win like they've done so many times before. I mean, if anything, what this game highlighted to me is the weakness at the back with Dejan Lovren and the lack of goals up front from Kramerich are the things which have held this team back. But that midfield three have been perhaps the best trio of players in this entire tournament so far. That's true. I don't really want to sound like, I mean, favor Argentina by saying that uh, controversy is part of football games. Uh, Mm. Is there anything that you think Messi actually did better than uh, Modric? Well, the, the, the thing is with Messi is he's reached the point and he proved it with the third goal here that no matter what he does, if he's in an attacking area, he is a threat. Mm. So Modric was a magician, basically controlling that ball box to box. But when he gets towards the goal, you know he's a little bit slow. You know he's not very physical. You know he has to get the ball to Perisic. He has to get the ball to Kramaric. Um, Even when someone comes on later on, like Pekovic, it's still a case of they're relying on Modric to get them anything. Whereas with Messi, he is basically guarded by DePaul, who just runs slightly behind him throughout that game and basically acts as a buffer. And then Messi knows himself enough to know he's not going to pull off sprints. He's not going to do anything that will perhaps stretch a hamstring, pull a muscle, cost him the final. So that little area he has center forward, slightly right wing. Anytime the ball ends up in that area, the Croatian defense are terrified because they know just a yard of space, just a second of time is enough for him to turn this game on his head. That's what he did when he found Alvarez for the third one. The angle was so tight mm. and he was so marked by Gvardiol. And basically, it simply did not matter. He basically, I don't know if it's a case of he doesn't have that much energy, so he has to use it in bursts. And that was a case of for 60 seconds around the hour mark, around the 70-minute mark, he's just going to do everything he can and realize that's going to be it for the rest of the game. Whatever it is, when he has that ball and he's in that space, you are scared of what he's going to do. That's true. Uh, judging by how Argentina scored their actually second and third goal, I think this set a difference between the team today and the team eight years ago that reached the final, although there are a lot of different players. For eight years ago, Messi didn't really score many goals, but you could see the whole team relied on him, relied on him to set up the play, relied on him to orchestrate or even sometimes to score. 
But this time, his teammates could actually know how to help him, not as like a system, but as teammates at the equal level. They know when to pass to him. They know where to run so he can pass to them, like Enzo, like Alvarez. So I think at the end, maybe not the end, but a very late stage of Messi's career, he finally found this right spot in the national team. Instead of people saying, "Oh, he's just a system player. He doesn't have the Barcelona system anymore. Oh, he plays with、uh, to another genius, Mbappe and Neymar in PSG. And when he has to play with his Argentine teammates, he can't do that anymore." And this kind of comments, I think, can stop now. Well, that's it from. As long as he's been playing for the national team, there's been two narratives: either he is dragging that team to success, or he's a passenger because, like you say, the system doesn't suit him correctly. From the very start of this tournament, with the Saudi Arabia game onwards, it's felt like Lionel Scaloni, the manager, has been trying to find the balance. It's been different starting formations, different starting lineups, basically every single time. But a thing that's very clear. Is Messi is better when the people who are around him are better too? So you knew Messi was going to have a good game when you saw Alvarez having a good game because that means he gets to play in a real front too. You know he's going to have a good game when he's getting real service from Paredes and Fernandez because that frees him up to stop having to be the guy who does everything to letting him be the guy who can do the Messi magic, so to speak.、Mm-hmm. So. It's one of those things where he very much now, at least on a game by game basis, based on what we've seen in the knockouts, it seems like this team is now finally figuring out what to do with him. Yeah, I think、um, this is the thing that Messi is Argentine, so that's the problem. Say when Pelé was playing, he when he won three World Cups, people were always saying he's the king of football, but they forgot how. Dominant that Brazil used to be. I mean, that was to me one of the most dominant teams in football history, and so was the Brazil in 2002. As for others, none of them were like solo hero. But for Argentina, Maradona, Diego Maradona, is was always the solo hero because what happened in 1986, what happened in 1990, people were saying that okay. Whoever is going to inherit from him must be like him. But that was the football in the eighties, in the nineties, not today's more industrialized football. No player today can copy what Maradona did, and I don't think any player could do that in history. So Messi, I think his fans and also his teammates, his manager, finally just found a way to know that we can't just keep pushing Messi to do that. That's not how football works. That's not how Argentina works. And maybe this is why. And how they finally find a solution here? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I think I've seen that, at least on the television, at least on podcasts, however you want to phrase it, where there hasn't really been this discussion of Argentina having to play the Argentinian style of Argentina, not having to have the next Messi. I mean, we did see a bit more of the Argentinian style with Alvarez's run, in the sense of it was physical. But it wasn't just physical. There was a level of artistry to it as well. It has that that typical South American style. But even so, that's because he's figured that out as being part of the new this new team, this new squad. It's almost a case of this team is now on the verge of returning to the Maradona era of success by finally jettisoning this desire or this requirement to repeat Maradona all over again. 
and yeah, with the versatile nature of basically every player these days, everybody's expected to at least have some kind of functionality in every single role. You can't rely on one single star player to do to do the job because you see that where certain teams like South Korea fall apart. They're so reliant on Son Heung-min mm-hmm. that when they have to incorporate all nine other outfield players, when they have to go up against a team of complete outfield players, it falls apart. So yeah, this is finally a case where I'm watching an Argentina side that doesn't feel like it's in the thrall of history. And by not doing that, they're on the verge of creating their own. Mm. Uh, for Croatia, their World Cup is not over yet, but it's the third place game, which doesn't matter as much as the final or even the semifinals. Uh, do you think, I think Modric is basically finishing his national team, well, at least World Cup career. He may be in the Euros again. But do you think Dalic should be staying as the manager? I mean, I think so, because you look at the success that they've had under his reign, and it's basically a case of they've reached finals or they've lost to... They've reached finals or they've lost to the team that's either gone on to win Mm -hmm. or reached the final or whatever. I feel like he's been very good. Like, I couldn't fault him. It's more a case of, quite simply, the players aren't there. Like I say, they are really lacking a dynamic striker in Mandzukic. And it's blown my mind how far this team has got with Dejan Lovren as a centre-back. Mm-hmm. So what he's been able to do with this weekend team is borderline magic at times. So I really don't think it's a case of him being a problem or him needing to go. I think it's more a case of the Croatian FA need to work on the development around the midfield because without Modric, you've still got great players who can slot in. Obviously, say, a Nikola Vlasic type is not on Modric's level. Very few players are. But you can at least see that as being another great attacking midfielder who can slot in this system. The lack of target men up front and the lack of solidity at the back is the issue they probably should have solved before this tournament began, and they're going to have to solve it if they want to win anything going forward. If you had to pick one from the today, the current squad of Croatia to inherit from Modric, is there any preference? I don't know, because like I say, they work so good as a three mm-hmm. that I feel like if you remove any particular part without replacing it with something fairly equal, it would fall apart. Like Brozovic is great as like a holding midfielder, bit of an engine room type but that only really works because he has Kovacic and Modric ahead of him so the newer players that are coming through like say uh, Lukas Sucic or someone like that um, you can't really judge them on their own because they have to slot into this system however it is impossible to look at this team going as far as they have and remaining in this position when Modric steps away. Because, you know, it's funny you say that this is the end of his career. I'd say the this tournament is surely going to be his last World Cup. There's mm-hmm. no way he could be back at 41, 42. True. But I'm saying that, and he's like 37, and he doesn't move like it. Mm. He's still playing basically full 90 minutes. You know, he got taken off in the 80th minute and was replaced with Lovro Meyer. 
So he can still basically do a job for this this team. Perhaps when it reaches the Euros in two years' time, I could see him being a bit more of a deep-lying playmaker and still supporting the squad and probably still propelling them into the knockouts. But I feel like it's a, it's a case of if they can at least get it someone of a similar playmaking style to play in that central three, I think Croatia will be fine. Mm. How, f- how, how much would you rate Croatia for their performance this time in Qatar? I mean, that, that's the issue because with this game, like I say, I felt for a good hour at the very least, Croatia were outplaying Argentina, Argentina. And, it was, and it was just a case of they didn't get the breaks, things didn't go their way. I would probably rank them let's say 7, 8 out of 10, mm. because because the thing is, every time I'm looking at their weaknesses, it's because I'm comparing them to players who aren't there, players who are unavailable. Like I say, seeing Mandzukic on the bench and seeing how just dynamic he was as a striker, it's impossible to look at Kramerich thinking, you know, he's simply not the same. That being said, Kramerich has been a solid center forward for them throughout this entire tournament so for what this team has been which is to say a fantastic controller of the ball a basically a field general in sense of setting tempo making teams play their way dragging things out to the very limit to give themselves the advantage that style of croatian football has been incredibly successful it's just that each end of the pitch they're missing that star ingredient to take them to the next level. Mm. Uh, whoever Argentina are going to face in the final, France or Morocco, is there anything you think Argentina can use an improvement? Well, that that's it. I feel like I'm seeing this Argentina team improve on like a game by game level, but I'm still seeing that like like I say, Croatia were very they were controlling this game. That entire first half was theirs in terms of controlling the tempo and in terms of controlling the flow, that midfield of the duo, at least, of Paredes and Fernandez, they were fine in providing service to the wingers. They were pretty good in providing service even further forward to Alvarez and Messi. But going back, they were bad in possession off the ball. This team doesn't really seem to know what to do with itself. Um, That's the main weakness because... Let's say they do end up playing against France. Mm. Well, that's a team that loves to get the ball and just drive it forward, get get the ball to Griezmann, and he will run wild in that midfield. He will set up Dembele and Mbappe all day long. And you could very much see Christian Romero and Nicolas Otamendi as the centre-backs, tracking back, tracking back, and then just like not really doing anything to stop the, stop the flow. So I feel like this team is... Putting itself together in terms of its attack and in terms of knowing when to take its chances. But I f- still feel like if France do reach the final, it's going to be incredibly one-sided. Yeah, it's very likely. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See you. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.